Welcome to CVM Stories, the podcast on customer value management. Together, we explore how companies can be more successful and the customers happier through the use of latest customer value management techniques. Learn key commercial and analytical insights from telecoms, retail, finance, and other industries that drive CVM forward. Hi, I'm your host, Egidius, and today our guest is Paulus Grigalis. He is a mastermind behind customer service and customer intelligence at Tele2 Lithuania. His team always finds new ways how to grow customer revenue while keeping customers very, very happy. How does he do it? Well, let's listen to Polus. CVM Stories is produced by Exacaster. We help companies take their customer value management to the next level. To stay updated on our latest episodes, subscribe to the podcast or sign up for an email newsletter at exacaster.com slash CVM Stories. So, hi, Paulus. Hello, Agidius. Thanks for coming here. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Paulus, uh, could you describe what you actually do in Tele2 Lithuania for people who don't know you? Uh, actually, currently I'm, I'm, I'm managing um, client intelligence and client service departments, so to call. So basically, quite two uh, different and, and quite independent uh, units. So one client intelligence is mainly related to uh, data analysis. So basically it consists of three main elements, so uh, client intelligence and analytics. Uh, purely working with the uh, commercial pricing, customer-based management, uh, customer-based management related to products, uh, their pricing, and, and, and etc. And the uh, BI unit also as a part is working with the uh, data infrastructure, uh, legacy systems, uh, reports, dashboards, etc., and providing the insights for, for, for all organization. And then we do have a so-to-call data science and, and project management unit that consists of one FT, one, <laughs> one, one guy, Gediminas. And then, so this is kind of, and also what, uh, what is uh, really interesting that within the client intelligence and analytics, we have incorporated uh, also bin-back operations. So we get the instant feedback on our pricing, value proposition for, for the customers, et cetera, et cetera. So basically this is one very important and big part of our organization within Tele2. And the other part that I'm actually managing, working, uh, is uh, client service. Sometimes we do call that as a customer operation. So it means that client service, contact center, first line, second line, etc. So basically, that's briefly uh, what I'm doing. Uh, this is, uh, I would say, your position is pretty unique in the, in the market. It's not so common that uh, customer-based management, data analytics, and all that part is combined with the uh, customer service. Uh, I believe this is a very good combination. Uh, but uh, what was the path from Tele2 side? Why did they combine like this and... Uh, and what benefits do you see here? Uh, I will be very frank and honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> because um, uh, I used to be a pure retailer. I, mm-hmm. I've been working for many years in Statel now. It's Circle K, Statel Fuel Retail, etc. Then moved to 
great inconvenience, then moved to UK to work for Maxima startup uh, regarding retail operations expansion in, in, in UK. And uh, then people brought me back to Lithuania to Tele2, to telco industry. That was a hell of a shift for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually then I saw, you know, client intelligence and service uh, unit as a one. And for me, it's not naturally was a thing that, uh, okay, that's probably a common standard within the telco industry. And only then when I've started working uh, within this field and, and start digging into the things, how, how usually it should be done uh, within this uh, area, uh, the, only then I've realized that it's a bit different yeah, from other telco companies. Even though we do have uh, Tele2 in Latvia, Estonia, uh, or uh, Sweden, for example, they have completely different setups. Mm -hmm. But to, to my mind, uh, some, day, some time ago, it was a very wise decision because the practical aspect and the most beneficial one is uh, that you get an instant feedback from your inner department okay. on all the commercial tactical actions that you are deploying on your customer base, products, processes, etc. And usually what happens with the different departments, you, you, you collab uh, with sales, product marketing, people usually tend to overreact. Uh, about your work sometimes, you know, in a good way or bad way, you know, but uh, when it's within your inner department, you get the feedback that is very open and transparent. You know, mm -hmm. you, you've done that in a wrong way. That's not, that's not working, that's shit, you know, we have to change that. So basically the, the feedback and the communication is, I think, uh, the core element that actually helps us to move forward uh, a lot. So, uh, uh, so how, how are these challenges actually, uh, 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 how do you solve them on your daily routine? So basically, how does your daily uh, life look like when between those two very separate departments? I would have to emphasize that even though it's under my umbrella of client intelligence and client service, these two departments are still very separate ones. Mm -hmm. The only common link is, is the manager. It's... it's and in this case, it's me, because we are not trying to mechanically combine those two. So the main emphasis of that is a clear communication and transparent communication in between the same department. Uh, so that's uh, one thing. Uh, and uh, what is different, I'm not sure about telco in general, because uh, I've been working only at Tele2 and I haven't seen how, how people are working in, in, in other companies, but um, we do work in segments. Mm -hmm. It means B2C, B2B, and uh, prepaid. And uh, technically, all those uh, problems are being solved over there mm -hmm. because um, there are probably five or six equal partnerships and that are playing vital role within those segments. So basically okay. consists of sales, marketing, uh, retention process managers, data analysts, uh, what are, uh, client service. Basically, all the main functions are working within uh, that segment. And if something is arising, you know, or within the products, and, and cetera, they're basically uh, sharing their feedback and solving over there. Uh, if I'm aware of some of the mess, you know, then, then it's probably usually a bigger problem that you have to solve on a higher 
levels, so to call, you know. But basically, we have a very decent and open-minded people in, in Teletu, and somehow uh, I haven't seen too much problems in, 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 in product launches, etc. Because usually everyone at the beginning is a bit unhappy about something. Yeah. But in Teletu, we have uh, not too many people working. Uh, we are saying better than, than nothing, you know. We are launching and then we are fixing. So when people know and understand that approach, they kind of take uh, way more easier those problems and are eager to solve them. Okay, can, can, can we dig a bit deeper here? Because there are some uh, few uh, very important aspects. So okay. uh, customer-based management is a super cross-functional role. We try to calculate, I don't know, it's maybe 10 or more functions that you need to combine. It's like pricing, product, part, intelligence, part, communication, everything. It's kind of done like this. And you said you are working in segments like yes. B2B, B2C, etc. So uh, do you have fully kind of, how do you organize your, your teams? Is it like a fully cross-functional team or is it like somehow you kind of cherry pick the... The functions? Uh, well, basically, all of the teams are quite dedicated. Mm -hmm. I would say we have a prepaid team that are working with the uh, customer-based management, pricing initiatives, uh, you know, marketing messages, etc. Then we do have B2C team, and then we have B2B team. But for example, we have some positions like a hardware uh, data analyst uh, who manages all the MBOs for, for example, for the uh, hardware. So uh, she's working with all the uh, segments because the, the product by itself is relatively smaller than, for example, mobile voice that we do have in prepaid, postpaid or B2B. So basically the, the, those teams are separate, but we are combining in, in that way that if someone would leave, we can easily change. Uh, and we have one unit manager uh, that I'm extremely happy about and, and she, her role is actually to see what are the possibilities in B2B. If they've done something very good, she can easily transform that into the B2C uh, or prepaid and vice versa. Uh, okay. So if I understand correctly, you, your, your segment teams, they have all, kind of basically all capabilities to do everything inside the team? Yeah. Yes. And uh, you also have a dedicated person who is actually overseeing the know-how transfer as yes. well. And you are talking a lot about the communication be between people. So <laughs> uh, this is a super cross-functional role. Communication is crucial. How do you make people you know, to communicate and collaborate? It's, uh, <laughs> we've changed it? actually uh, recruiting process. Okay. And there are two main aspects and competence that we are looking for. Mm -hmm. So the first one and the major one, in general, I think it's the most vital for the all business uh, itself, mm -hmm. it's communication. Okay. Uh, because um, usually uh, within the data analysis field, intelligence, customer insights, you name it, um, there are lots of people who tend to be only in the code. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to have um, one uh, so-called exit interview, you know, and I was asking, you know, so what is the problem? Why you are leaving us, you know? And then, then the lady said, you know, I want to make code, make some automation, machine learning, 
And Saturn was asking, you know, what is the purpose, you know, what is the benefit for either customer experience, your customer base, product, etc. And she said, well, that's for the business to decide. So basically, we are looking for people who would like to communicate, present the ideas, defend the ideas in between the marketing, sales, product, etc. And we are being treated within the data analysis and customer insight uh, part as an equal partner of the business. So communication is really a really key thing. And sometimes if the person is coming and he, he is willing to communicate, present the ideas within the marketing, sales, etc., but he lacks a bit of technical skill, so that's no problem for us. We're going to teach you. We're going to develop you. That's no problem at all. But you, this, because the company overall is very small, you have to have the ability of presenting your ideas, of convincing people. So that's one really important competence that we are looking and aspect that we are trying to, to capture. And the next thing is I'm always asking uh, the question, what is for, for you the most important thing to work within the data analysis field in order for you to be successful in Tele2? Okay. So what is the answer, Gideon? Um, for, from my perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> okay. you, you have to understand there's no good or bad answer, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just asking how people think. Mm -hmm. no, so, uh, from my perspective, I am always looking how to, you know, use data to solve customer problems. If I am solving customer problems, I know that I am contributing uh, positively, either both to the customer and to the business. So. That would be my perspective. It's like why I would, why I am so keen into the data because I see the problem in data, and then let's go and help to fix the problem. So okay, uh, the right answer. We are, <laughs> we are hiring you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and basically the reasoning behind that uh, sometimes data analysts and and the people who are working with the data engineering, you know, they are so obsessed about the tables and and general, mm -hmm. but. The main emphasis on that it should be what is our business, who mm -hmm. our customers are, uh, how can we benefit uh, for both our shareholders, our customer experience while managing and deploying some technical skills on, on, on data patterns, etc. So understanding the business in general. And we've talked previously a bit, um, uh, I had a transformation from retail to mm -hmm. telco. Yes. Those first six months were like uh, extremely difficult for me. Uh, till the day I understood how the company, how the customer base is moving, how the processes are being done, what is our value proposition, what our products are, how we are delivering, what, is, what are our value, uh, values, etc. So basically, when I understood the general business it, it, uh, and, and trends and patterns, it became uh, way more easier for me to deliver some results that I wanted to do that. Uh, so you, you mentioned that uh, like, oh, you, you, uh, all your career was in retail. Uh, and, yes. And uh, you transitioned to telco. Um, what differences do you see between those two industries? Because they both work with the consumer industry, etc. And what know-how did you brought from uh, retail that you benefited a lot? 
uh, retail is detail. Uh, so basically, telco differs uh, probably one of the main aspects uh, and, and key differentiation points is that uh, telco uh, retail is uh, extremely low margin business. Mm -hmm. So every mistake counts. Okay. And because it's it going to have a big impact on, on, on your PL if you make a bad decision. Uh, whereas in telco, um, that's quite profitable industry, I have to say, you know, while comparing to the retail. And you can deploy more actions without a fear that you're going to make a mistake. And in that sense, I think uh, telco is way more faster. Uh, way, way more quicker than retail. Because in retail, everyone is thinking, ah, I'm going to do that, but if we're going to do the wrong decision, it might cost us too much. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what I've brought, um, not really sure. But basically, I, I have the, the mindset that I have to adjust. You know, As a manager, you usually... Um, have quite a lot of people that you have to take care of. So basically, uh, I'm only one. So basically, it's way more easier for me to adjust to some people uh, rather than uh, trying to adjust all the team towards me. So don't know what to add. More. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK, so, sounds good. Uh, Let's move a bit deeper into, let's say, how your segment teams work. Um, so if I understand correctly, basically a segment team is responsible for this customer uh, specific segment, uh, value, value creation for that specific segment. Yeah. So if we take B2C, yeah. So from customer base management or from customer value management perspective, what are your expectations for that team? What kind of uh, KPIs do you, do, do you give them? What kind of, I don't know, uh, uh, what do you ask them uh, to deliver? Uh, in terms of KPIs, I would say uh, the right balance mm -hmm. in between chain management uh, we call that internally MBO deltas, so it means the, the pricing initiatives. Mm -hmm. So you have to find the right balance. Then the number of iteration towards our customer base, how frequent, how often, and et cetera. Uh, MPS and transactional MPS on a high level, I would say. You, know, mm -hmm. so you have to balance your pricing, your retention processes mm -hmm. while making our customer base happy. So basically, this is, these are the most important, probably, KPIs and things that we are following up. Okay. And uh, kind of do you uh, sum everything up to like a PNL or something like that? Or, or this is uh, uh, slightly disconnected? Uh, that, well, we do have within our PNL, we are always tracking as a telco, you know, chain mm -hmm. levels. Yeah. But, but basically, we are disconnecting that to the segments, to a products, uh, products uh, that has. Uh, customer basis, you know, mm -hmm. so basically pretty much separate, uh, separate separation is occurring. Okay. And uh, so in the customer base management team, so you basically work with existing customer base, the acquisition is, uh, is basically in the other place? No. Um, mm, 
One more thing regarding the KPIs, and yes. then we're going to go back uh, towards the, the, the next question. So um, also, all of our company has three additional KPIs. Mm -hmm. So it's across all the functions, positions, etc. So it's basically sales, cash flow, and EBIT. So basically, while balancing with those uh, main KPIs within our field of responsibility, we should know that we should deliver those three KPIs and MPS as well. Uh, probably marketing uh, gonna kill me if, <laughs> if, 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 if they're gonna hear me how I'm talking. <laughs> the, the MPS is the last, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not the last, but it's it's uh, all of them are yeah. really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so and your next question was, um, uh, how is the acquisition? Is it like done somewhere else, and then you do a handshake, or is it like? Uh, it's like a handshake uh, because we are playing. Uh, one more time, as an equal partners with the product, marketing and sales, and sales and marketing are mainly uh, responsible probably for the new acquisitions. But basically, it has to be in the right balance while managing your existing customer base. Because if you won't have a uh, great balance, then you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. The next thing is the market situation in, 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 uh, in Teletu, Lithuania, in, in, at least in, in postpaid residentials and, and prepaid, we are the market leaders. Mm -hmm. So there's no uh, much uh, new acquisitions uh, to, to, to capture, so, so to call. So we are focusing uh, on existing customer base. Mm -hmm. And even without our company strategy, so two, three year strategy we do have. Uh, so basically, uh, we have some fundamentals and some dedication spots for B2C prepaid and, and, and B2B. So we do have the strategic approach that excellence in, in customer-based management and analytics. So that's a fundamental thing for our company in general, how we are approaching our pricing, pricing initiatives, uh, customer value propositions, etc. Okay. So uh, the, the really important part is like that you have a really well-rounded uh, set of uh, KPIs around yeah, because you both revenue, churn, uh, and uh, NPS, yes? And these, uh, these are balancing. What are the key challenges uh, basically doing this balance for the, for the team? The main challenge is that if you push too much on churn, mm -hmm. then you're going to have some problems with your sales. Okay. And because, uh, you know, we are at the levels of something like 8, 8.5%, you know, annually. So basically, you can push down. But then what you're going to lose, you're going to lose all of your iterations towards your customer base. Because you, the less you communicate, the, 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 the smaller churn is. So basically, you... You have to balance in between upselling your customer base, putting more value on, on your customer base, and managing the chain. So basically, like we are saying, we would like to have 8, 8.5, but you know, if, if we see that uh, we are capitalizing on, on, on sales growth and we are increasing our chain to 8.7, you know, it's, it's not a big deal for us. We have the right approach you know uh, with with no uh, we don't have such thing as you know 8.5 and that's you know everything but 8.5 uh, percent this is annually yeah yeah this is ex extremely low it's like uh, now latvia beat us 
Really? They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have even lower. Oh my God. But uh, if we go to the monthly, it's like, I don't know, 0 0.7, something yeah, like something, that. It's something. something it's like, like, oh my God, uh, uh, probably 75% of mobile operators around the world would like to exchange <laughs> with you those numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, I think in Lithuania, well, I'm predicting that mm -hmm. more or less all operators has, uh, telco operators has pretty much same, uh, same level of chain. And that's mainly due to one, one word uh, that is binding. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how we are dealing with those bindings. You know, for example, uh, Estonians' colleagues doesn't have bindings. And, and that causes a bit a higher movement in, in between customer base across all the telco. Okay. Uh, now, um, yeah, so we have really... Uh, uh, good churn levels, let's say, and uh, you're running many iterations. So when you integrate customer service with uh, these uh, segment initiatives, yeah? So w what kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, key challenges do you see here? And uh, what are the major, uh, uh, let's say, good things that you get uh, out of this collaboration between those? Let's go into client service into two units. So mm -hmm. client intelligence and analytics unit has also the part of win-back operations. So I would call that half of the sales, half of the uh, client service, you know. So basically this is uh, the extremely good uh, and transparent way of understanding your competitor's pricing mm -hmm. and understanding uh, what is happening within the market and whenever you deploy some sort of the new MBO towards your customer base, you get extremely instant feedback mm -hmm. because when, when the, the, the customer is churning, WinBack is calling. Okay. So that's, that's uh, one of the also very interesting and good things that we do have. How do you incorporate this feedback uh, back to the segment team? Because th this is kind of, I don't know, this is such a rich source of information. Uh, but basically, sometimes we are um, thinking that it's something very complicated in terms of structure, et cetera, et cetera. You have to communicate. But that's <laughs> but that simple thing, you know. If if you are not saying, uh, you know, some 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 of the things that are happening in the in the market, so how can you know sales or marketing knows that? But basically, as we do operate within the segments, and for example, our client intelligence and analytics unit manager with her retention process managers are working within those segments, and they have, uh, they do have, you know, constant meetings and feedback sessions with the WinBack. They are transforming that uh, information like that. Okay. Also, everyone is getting, you know, uh, weekly reports about the our positions in the market, etc. So basically, there's there's no magic formula. Just we are communi communicating. Well, the, the magic is that the information, you know, moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In many situations, this information does not move. But basically. Uh, one core element that probably differs from maybe other companies, I'm, I'm just guessing, I, I don't know, that we are an equal partners together with marketing, with sales, with product. And basically we are, uh, people are hearing what we are saying. 
and they do acknowledge that we do have experience, skills, and that we are willing to help them. Because no price initiative is going to be approved uh, by our CFO if, 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 for example, sales and marketing says we, are, we want to do that. But, for example, client intelligence is saying that, no, we don't want to do that because it's going to harm, and, etc. Till we are not getting, as a management, that common agreement in between partners, then we are not approving that. And that uh, information, for example, from Binback operation helps us a lot. Uh, wow, it, it seems like a, such a simple truth, you know, <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, but there's no magic. Mm -hmm. There's no magic. Um... Okay, uh, let's move a bit more to the data insights or okay. customer insights. Uh, so, how, how, what does uh, what role do this team play uh, within the organization? <sighs> Can you be more specific when you are talking about the data insights? So, mm -hmm. so everything what is related, let's say, to the customer, uh, customer insights, etc. So I assume that you have data analysts or data scientists in your segment teams. Uh, how do they actually push those insights further to the organization, or does it actually kind of how you focus all the information to the segment teams, etc.? Um, it depends. It depends. Mainly, I would say that the majority part uh, is being pushed through uh, segment teams. Mm -hmm. But uh, when we are launching some new products, uh, for example, we are now focusing quite a lot of, uh, on our OTT service uh, Go3. Uh, to, to, uh, we've just got a new batch of uh, information that uh, now we understand what is the, our customer profile, uh, what is being washed, when it's being washed. Then we are presenting that to all the organization and spreading around that. So it depends. For example, we have lots of focus on our mobile broadband category that is still growing quite fast. So we are doing some annual uh, meetings uh, with all the organization and presenting uh, what products people are buying, what is our profile, etc., etc. So it, it depends on, on a larger scale and uh, in terms of new products, uh, we are doing that uh, broadly for all the company. But if, if, some, you know, if you are doing some sort of the promotions towards your customer base, then that's kind of happening uh, within, your, uh, within your segments. Okay. Um, from the data usage perspective, uh, well, uh, you, you, uh, you mentioned multiple times that Tele2 is a small company. Uh, um, but somehow you managed to be extremely innovative in data itself because uh, I don't know, Tele2, I think 14, 13 years ago, were the first uh, company in Baltics probably that had a production Hadoop cluster. At that point of time, uh, the big data buzz uh, was happening, etc. So, um, how important is this kind of data usage in your organization uh, altogether, I would say? Uh, and uh, could you provide some uh, examples where, you know, data insights actually helped you to step up? Uh... Um, in terms of role within the organization, so there would be probably three or four layers. So the first one, um, the two group, uh, 
has recently changed their values, their core values. And one of the core value is insight driven. So it just for you to understand what is the approach towards data, data usage insights in general, in, in all the group. So all the data analysts are working around in the offices, they're saying, okay, guys, we, we do have our value now. <laughs> we <laughs> have a special value. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing. Then we do have on a management and then segmental level of the strategy for the next two, three years. And as already mentioned, we have fundamental things that we have to capture and always follow. So one is data analytics, excellence in data analytics and then and, 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 uh, capitalization on the existing customer base. So basically that's one thing. Uh, second thing, and the third part is, 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 is partnership. Uh, partnership uh, in, 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 in between segments. And the fourth thing that usually companies, it also happens sometimes uh, with their IT managers, or directors, etc., they are not within the management. Uh, so when you have the client intelligence within the management, um, your ideas, uh, approaches, and proposals are being heard quite out loud. And then you can push those things forward and, and help organization to, to flourish in terms of so-called customer-based management or value creation for, for, for the company in general. Okay. So, uh, again, it's a lot about uh, communication, uh, having common values, having common uh, I don't know, perspectives. Yeah. Uh, sounds uh, super, super interesting. And uh, when we have data, inevitably, there are some, you know, automation, machine learning happening on top, etc. I also remember that you probably were the first ones from Telcos to introduce the chatbot in your customer service? Yes, it was uh, back in 2006. 2006. Yeah, it was called, I'm going to tell you a story then. Uh, this is probably the main thing. Uh, uh, well, okay, going to go back. Uh, in 2006 or 2008, we've launched, Tele2 launched. I was not working over there. Uh, we've launched the chatbot uh, under the name Ruta. Okay. <laughs> and uh, actually, um, it was running for some time, and then it was it was killed because at the time it, it probably for Lithuania it was a bit too early. And back in 2020 or 2021, I'm not really sure about the precise date, but uh, we've uh, relaunched Chatbot, and actually we call uh, we are calling her Ruta. <laughs> Again. Ruta too? <laughs> yeah, Ruta too. So we, we came with the slogan, Ruta is back. <laughs> yeah, and it's based on uh, semi-artificial uh, intelligence uh, background that helps us uh, quite a lot while managing uh, our customer inbound. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what role does uh, Ruta play now in, in your team? Does it take a lot of off, uh, does it offload a lot of uh, work from your team, or uh, are customers happy with the? Uh, uh, if you would compare the transaction, for example, MPS uh, with a uh, live consultant, I mm -hmm. would say so. Chatbots are still not making, uh, are still not over there. Mm -hmm. 
But when you are counting from the transactions perspective, they're doing a hell of a lot of job. Okay. So, so uh, it helps us a lot, actually. Just we have to understand when you are opening new communication channel, uh, it means that you are opening general communication uh, flow uh, to, 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 to your contact center. So, to call. so basically it provides us uh, with a lot of insight what, what customers are looking for, mm-hmm. where they are looking for, how they would like that we would uh, put some, some information in our website, uh, web self-care, and, and, and et cetera, and we, we are adjusting later on. So basically it, it, it provides us with a great insight, and also it helps us uh, while managing our so-called customer traffic to a contact center. Uh, I, I have a, a strange question. So when, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when the chatbots started to raise in popularity, the key idea was that they will offload a lot of customer service requests. Uh, but then what happened, you started you know, to integrate chatbot into your website, etc. And suddenly, uh, people who were not about to contact you, <laughs> Yeah. They start to contact you because, you know, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the question is, uh, was your, the number of, of overall questions, did it raise or, or how, how did it go? Yeah, and I was trying previously to, to emphasize that we are open some sort of the Pandora box. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can always be afraid of not doing something, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just have to do, you know, and then I, I think... Yeah, and the answer, frank and honest answer is that, yes, the general inquiries went up. Mm-hmm. But uh, during the two, three years period, we managed to, to have an impact on overall, uh, <laughs> on overall uh, inquiries from our customers. Because, like you are very right, because you open, first of all, in web self-care, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you're opening on the web. Then you're opening, I don't know, in the... In, in, uh, frequently asked questions section, you know, and, and you are, of course, you are creating, but you get a lot of data insights. Uh, can you give uh, a, a, any example of, uh, of the insight that, that, you, that you can share? Uh, or <sighs> The standard questions, uh, we, we've shaped slightly our bills, I would say, uh, how we present them. And then uh, we got some questions uh, that we couldn't answer, for example, in, uh, and we incorporated the dynamic data into the, to the chatbot uh, that we've noticed, for example. That's the simple things, what is my credit limit, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we, you incorporated yeah. that in the real yeah, yeah, answers. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. wow. What, what were the challenges here? Because it's like... Uh, you are asking about the challenges, but, um, uh, but these the are very, very specific questions so it should be dedicated to my team. You okay. know, I, I got okay. the very nice presentation, we sold it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe this question is also for your team, but uh, maybe you will be able to answer. So, uh, ChatGPT, yes, it's mm-hmm. like a really, really kind of promising thing, large language models, you can... Uh, kind of understand the context much better. Are you planning to incorporate uh, this into your uh, uh, Ruta? Uh, 
for the time being, we are uh, focusing on our internal channels. Mm -hmm. For example, we've launched that uh, root or chatbot on our Intel internal information system that is called Sabio. Mm -hmm. Now we've launched that in towards uh, our career page. You know, okay. people are having some questions that we can answer. Uh, so we are now deploying all those chatbots infrastructure towards our uh, inner side and we are looking around the corner or what is happening around in the world mm -hmm. because uh, I've asked my team, you know, should we do something with the chat GPT? You know, there's the big fusses going around, we have to be first, you know, mm -hmm. but um, the main challenge for the time being is a bit language, you know, okay. uh, related to the Lithuanian language. Uh, what I've heard, and we are looking to the possibilities of, of uh, voice to text that we can transcript all the all the uh, conversations in between consultant and between the, the the customer, you know, and create some databases with uh, with some sort of the insights and and, and patterns, etc. But we are still in a uh, investigation form, mm -hmm. I would okay. say. We are looking at all the possibilities. And uh, uh, from the chatbot perspective, so it is obvious to uh, to solve, you know, customer service part, kind of to add there. But uh, do you see opportunities to incorporate customer-based management activities into the chatbot itself? You know, like uh, I don't know, like a separate channel, uh, etc. Do you see opportunities there? Uh, we are working on our price plan prolongations. We, are, we have already incorporated our uh, hardware sales okay. over there. Um, but, so, but, but, but the hit rates, are, I would say, so far are very low. Mm -hmm. Are very low. But we are w working towards that. But uh, how does it work? Like, hey, Ruta, could you recommend me a best device? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We are looking what... Uh, in terms of those devices, what are our promotions are, you mm -hmm. know, and when we are offering like one, two, three, you know, options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something, if if something is not happening uh, after some uh, processes and patterns, it, 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 it is being shifted to the live consultant. Okay. And do you, so, so uh, by 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 no means, you know, even though we have a quite sophisticated system, artificial intelligence, blah blah blah. <laughs> but behind that, we have communication and people. Yeah, which are absolutely amazing because they can solve your problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I was wondering, are uh, are uh, are people already kind of prepared to start uh, talking with those chatbots because it's kind of my personal behavior several years ago was like, if, if I see a chatbot, I search for the shortest possible path to get to the live consultant. <laughs> uh, I think in, in terms of our general flow uh, to tell it to mm -hmm. uh, from our customer base, uh, now the, the, the chats are taking about 18%. Mm -hmm. of, of share of inquiries, let, let's, let's define that way. So, and uh, we are using, I don't know, Viber, WhatsApp, Signal, uh, Messenger, etc. I think, I think uh, we are on the edge where everyone is, is, is chatting and I think it should be not the total future that we're going to change and shift all the uh, client servers, but it should be over there as a hygiene. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. you, you should have that. Now we even incorporated our chatbot into the uh, Facebook Messenger. Okay. Uh, that is, 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 is man managing uh, Tele2 Lithuania page. Because we used to have a marketing agency that was uh, calling to our PR uh, department asking what should, how should we answer and, and, and all that stuff. And our chatbot has all the infrastructure at least to answer all the primary questions. And, and to do that instantly. Yeah. So basically, it, it makes, it, it plays a vi vital role as a part of the puzzle, you know, but uh, I'm not seeing that, at least for the time being, uh, that put it, it will shift all the customer service, by no means. So it seems that the infrastructure for the telco is large and it is expanding. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Uh, maybe uh, uh, kind of uh, we talked about many uh, different parts. Uh, if we uh, come back uh, a bit and uh, uh, kind of um, take a look at where is uh, the customer base management and customer service going to the future? What kind of uh, I don't know industry trends do you see? Uh, from your, I know, perspective as a manager, you know, maybe not in the details, but from the uh, higher level. In terms of uh, customer base management, customer insights, and, and data analytics, um, there's lots of buzz, buzzwords that are talking about, you know, data mesh, self self service, uh, real time data. I don't know, uh, data as a product and then et cetera, et cetera. And some companies have already deployed that. Some companies are making some experiments either that works and doesn't work. Uh, we have few constraints in, in, in Teletulifiania. Uh, so the first one is uh, market limitation, I would say. That even though if we would like to create lots of new things, we're still very small company and very small market. Um, then we have to understand the other limitation that we are uh, in a commodity business, We're selling, you know, voice, uh, SMS data, and some other services. You know, we are not SpaceX that flies to the moon and uh, delivers, uh, you know, uh, some actions that usually is being delivered uh, from the first movers. So for the time being, our main goal for the next two, two probably years is to create very good uh, surface uh, or in terms of our infrastructure of, of managing data. So we, we've been running on, on Cloudera and now we are thinking of moving maybe to the cloud, maybe changing the system and et cetera, and to have the, the best possible infrastructure for all the things that are coming. So main goal for the BI unit for our IT department is, is to select the best possible way mm -hmm. and to be prepared for the next, I don't know, five to seven years, what is, you know, to, in order to be, uh, in order to have the all the possibilities to, to deploy those things quite fast into the new thing, into the new infrastructure. Uh, it's very inspiring to see you that you are moving to the next step, you know, like, uh, as I said, uh, 13, 14 years ago, you uh, moved with the big data. Uh, all ecosystem and now you're saying, okay, we have big data, we need to be faster moving next. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a good partners. <laughs> that helps us a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, from uh, uh, from your perspective, yes. So you you have quite a lot of things on your plate. Uh, how do you keep updated? You know, with everything what is happening uh, around. Um, you mean um, like where you, do you get the inspiration to do the next thing, etc.? I would say that it should be probably three, four main elements. So mm -hmm. you should rely on your partners that mm -hmm. are you that are helping to work for you with the data. Then you have to use um, other countries' experience: Latvia, Estonia, Sweden, for example. Uh, then. You have to go to some sort of the conferences that you would like, you know, to go. And then you have to push your people to go to the conferences and, 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 and all the, I don't know, workshops and, 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 and et cetera. And actually share that feedback, mm -hmm. communicate, you know, what is happening over there, what is happening over there. And then you somehow cherry pick what is the best for you. Mm -hmm. So basically the four or five main elements that uh, we use, I try to use. And uh, actually, I have, um, I don't read books, uh, but I read lots of uh, various articles in all the, in all the, and somehow for me, book is, is, is quite usually it's a bit longer, takes more time. I, I'm, I'm very impatient in, in, in a sense, so I concentrate a lot on reading various articles. So IT, data, business, uh, financial trends, etc., etc., and then you cherry pick something. What is happening in Twitter? What is happening? I don't know in, in Lithuania. What is happening in, in Sweden, etc., etc. Okay, so your your media is basically everything. What is happening around in web and you push it. And also, I'm I'm looking really in, I'm really interesting in in other sectors, IT and. My, my previous love, uh, retail, I'm, I'm looking what's happening over there. They're building, you know, full self-service, you know, uh, shops that are being operated on data, you know, what, what are the things that they are doing, how can we copy-paste that, and, and, and et cetera. But uh, going back, you know, that's about the future. Now our main focus is upgrading infrastructure in order to be ready for that future. Okay. And uh, you talk a lot, uh, a lot about the team, that you trust the team, that you kind of make, uh, uh, try to build the team, which communicates a lot. Could you uh, give us some, uh, uh, I don't know, secrets? How do you keep those teams motivated? <laughs> because when we talk with your teams, they, they, they are very, very driven. It's like it inspires a lot. You have to listen what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then you have to slightly move them to and and align that with the with the uh, with the strategic goal of, of or goals of the company and you, and you have to rely on them give the credit you know and and, and let them flourish because basically I'm not uh, the manager that goes into very much details you know I I, I I'm not judging if you are making mistake you know I'm I'm, I'm letting you do the work that you want to do you know. We have, of course, some priorities, you know, some, some general KPIs, but uh, I think, especially nowadays, people like that freedom. Mm -hmm. Like when uh, the manager believes in you, 
uh, gives you a support. You know, sometimes, you know, the best motivation is, 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 is listening to all your, of your problems, supporting you while solving those problems, but not showing how to, you know, decrease the chance by 1%, you know. They know that. Okay. I'm not sure if that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, it, it perfectly makes sense. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, really interesting to listen to the perspective. It's uh, really inspiring. And basically, you have to always show the attention to people, you know. Uh, because especially nowadays, when you're working with a bit younger generation, sometimes, you know, they are very motivated when you ask, how was your weekend, you know, all those soft talks on Saturday, they're quite relaxed, they're quite happy that you're interested in, but really, honestly interested in, you know. I'm doing sometimes sports with them, you know, and, uh, and Saturday, yeah, 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 even though I don't look now. I'm very, very fit one. <laughs> Yeah, for instance, like you're talking about everything what's written in, in all those management books, you know, and you say you don't uh, read books. So it's like you are a book, you know. <laughs> and no, but uh, of course, uh, well, for example, I, I know my problems, you know, I'm very impatient, you know, but you have to understand that, you know, so sometimes, you know, making, for example, I would like to move to MBO app like in two weeks, but I do understand this routine works, some projects that are ongoing, you have to support in some sort of the, uh, in, in some spots, you know, marketing sales, mm -hmm. and then you have the project, you know, you have to work with yourself as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yes, I want everything fast yesterday. That's, that's normal, you know. But, uh, but you have to understand that there's only technically eight hours within your working day. So, uh, again, you have a lot of things going on. Um, managing two very, very different departments at the same time. Uh, how do you balance your, you know, personal and professional lives? How do you refresh yourself? It's like... I have the perfect work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> how? How? <laughs> what do uh, you do? <laughs> I give you the, the difficult part is when you start your broad position. Mm -hmm. So the first... One year, half a year, it's, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, when you deep dive into everything, when you ask lots of questions, when you get, get uh, lots of information about, for example, client service that I've never been working with, yeah? Mm -hmm. So you got, and, and then what is the main, the main goal for you is to put three, four main priorities. Okay. You, you, can, you have to always understand that you cannot do everything. You have to focus on the things that are really making an impact. So basically, the, the same with the client intelligence, the same with the client service, you know. So the first one year, you, you don't have your personal life. You, 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 well, of course, you do have them a bit overwhelming, you know, but, uh, but you're working quite a lot. But when you set your clear priorities, when you understand where, where should you shift your organization, then the next thing is the right people. So when you find the right people for those priorities, then it's, it's becoming way more easier. So basically within all the unit that I'm managing, we have to, uh, a focus of from one to two things what we have to really achieve within one year period. Mm -hmm. And that's it. All the rest are like natural routine processes that should be done inevitably. Okay. So... Uh, uh, so uh, 
what do you do when you you know this life happens and all the random things uh, uh, are uh, striking the team? Do you shield them somehow or? So basically, I'm jumping where the problem is usually. You know, I, I haven't decided that fifty time, fifty uh, percent of my time is you know dedicated for the to client intelligence. Fifty percent of time is dedicated for for the client service. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so wrapping up our discussion, uh, I have three questions that we usually have for our uh, participants. So uh, question number one is, uh, what could be your uh, proudest uh, career moment uh, or, or that you would say, I'm really happy that we achieved this? Uh, I'm going to give you uh, three. Uh, one very hard one. Mm-hmm. As a hard, uh, so basically, when I joined Tele2, everyone was really eager to increase the 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 MBB customer base, and mm-hmm. together with the team, with the colleagues, we've managed to quadruple the customer base. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. From in two years almost, yeah. So from thirty thousand to one hundred and thirty, something like that. Wow. So that's the really thing that I'm really proud. Of course, that's not only my work. Uh, all the team was working as hell. Uh, going to the soft things, um, I'm very happy about myself that I success. Well, at least I'm thinking that I've successfully uh, made a transition from retail to, to telco because it's really different. And then uh, when I go back and think about that time, I was uh, literally green. So many new information, so many new processes that I've never seen and don't know what to do. <laughs> it was it was really really a big thing what, uh, for me. What kept you going at that at that time? You know, you're going into a new position, you know, and there's a sales process in between, you know, your employee and uh, and employer. Uh, so basically. Uh, why the, my, my, my previous manager, will you be able to do that? Yes. So when you're committing, you know, you have to deliver. <laughs> so, okay. and, and basically telco is very interesting, you know, and everything is new. I'm very curious. Uh, so, you know, responsibility to deliver, you know, walk the talk. So... And the third that I'm extremely proud thing is that from um, we have we used to have quite a high turnover in 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 uh, client intelligence data analysts and etc. So I'm really proud that probably it's uh, for the past two years that we almost don't have any ter- uh, voluntary turnover uh, within the department. We had only one. And we had one promotion. So out of approximately 18 persons, uh, people, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. Because yeah. stable, good uh, team is, 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 is a really uh, crucial thing for, you know, to be successful within the business and within what we are doing, you know. Wow, uh, everything sounds very inspiring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, we're gonna write a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you, you would have things to tell, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 
And uh, so these are super inspirational things. Can you share, you know, some horror stories that you can laugh now? Uh, of course, I had a bad moments in, in, in my career life, you know, I've even cried, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, that was the mistake that probably I've learned a lot is uh, when I was working in one company, I was very young, second or third year student and uh, had a negotiation with one partner and made an error uh, within the Excel. That cost for the that time for the company about 100,000 liters. It was liters oh my. Uh, on an annual basis, not, 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 not monthly, but annual basis. Uh, and uh, I was really red. People were yelling at me. And from that time, actually, I was thinking that I'm going to be fired. <laughs> and I was thinking what I'm going to tell uh, to my environment, you know. You made a stupid Excel mistake, and etc. But actually, then, then, then um, I've learned that uh, to pay attention to details. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I have sometimes... Now I don't do that too much, but then during my career, I, I was checking those Excel formals like 10, 20 times before sending that information or, or making some sort of the decision. So yeah, that was the thing that I really remember very clearly, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that had happened when you see your managers calling and yelling and then. And <laughs> so uh, at that time you made a, let's say, expensive uh, error, yeah? And uh, how did the managers actually handled, handled the situation? And how are you handling the similar situations uh, with your um, uh, subordinates? Yeah. Uh, are, are you yelling at uh, people? Yes, yeah. of course. I'm, I'm torturing <laughs> them, yeah, yelling, <laughs> running, you know. And, and, and nah, basically, at that time, you know, my manager asked some questions. Then, and then, then she understood that I made a mistake, and she, then she handled everything with the supplier, explaining probably that I'm still a junior, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, got some lessons that, you know, you, you, you cannot, uh, if you do work, concentrate on that work and do it properly. So that's also a very good lesson that I, that, uh, I got. And actually, um, I really still... Till this moment, appreciate that boss. That actually learned me a lot. And then, 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 yes. And uh, talking about current perspective, you know, well, we do some sometimes, you know, mistakes. But uh, then we are uh, sitting in a meeting, looking for the roots uh, for that mistake, and and and, and looking uh, how not to repeat that mistake. But yes, if, if, if the pers a person is, you know, repeatedly uh, continuing those mistakes, then we are saying goodbye. Okay. And uh, the last question for you. You said that you are not uh, uh, very into the books, but yes. maybe you can uh, recommend some other sources that you actually like. I don't know, some people to, to, to follow or some... Uh, blogs, etc. Uh, even though I'm, I'm saying that I'm not reading too much of the books, I've read few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
Previously, we were talking about the, 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 uh, what competence do we uh, require and we are looking for uh, while recruiting people. So I would say that there's a one really good book that is talking about uh, customers' behavior. Mm -hmm. So it's called uh, Why We Buy. Why We Buy, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not a... Uh, big book, but actually it it it, uh, it has few releases. I'm not uh, recalling the precise name of the the author, Paco Underhill probably. But if you're gonna Google, you're gonna find that definitely. So it it shows how people are behaving while purchasing any good. So and then 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 it gives you a knowledge how how people are thinking and. Uh, how for you to be as successful uh, within the business while uh, looking how to upsell uh, your customers, etc. Okay, thank you. I will definitely read this book. So thank you, Paulus. Thank you, Agidius. <laughs> it was a, a pleasure to have this conversation. Pleasure to me. Thank you for listening to CVM Stories. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. You can also ask us a question about a particular customer value management challenge you have at work. We will happily ask our experts to tackle your challenge in a future episode. 